0: This is A is for Adversity, a podcast about curating your life stories to connect more deeply with others. Some stories may have Christian undertones and all stories will involve a realization or transformation of some sort. I'm your host, Jen Banks. This is episode K, Keep in Mind. At the beginning of September, I had a private coaching session on storytelling with Matthew Dix. It was like a dream come true. He gave so many good tips and insights, so for this episode, I have spliced together some takeaways that apply to all storytellers, and I hope you find it helpful or at least interesting. My coaching session with him was an hour, and the content I have for this episode ended up being about 16 minutes. During my coaching session, he was coaching me on the story I am crafting for the upcoming live storytelling show on November 11th, 2021. At the Jordan Event Center. It will be from seven to eight o'clock and there will be giveaways, prizes, storytellers. You will not want to miss it. See you there.
1: The tragedy of storytelling is that we tell stories most to people who love us most. So they are always interested in our lives, Mm -hmm. even when we tell about our lives in the not the most interesting way. Right. So if you can approach it as nobody wants to listen to me, they're gonna click off on at any second from me. Then you're going to aggressively think, what are they wondering now? What are they wondering now? Um, The other thing I'm always thinking about is what I call the emotional map of the story. And that is the idea of how do I want my audience feeling at each point of the story, right? Oftentimes in most stories, I want my audience to be feeling the same way I felt at every moment. So I'm always thinking about where is my audience's mind, you know? So I'm not crafting a story to necessarily report on my life precisely, Mm. but to plant the story in my audience's mind and figure out how they're going to feel about each part and how I want them to feel about each part. So once you have your stakes in place um, and once you have that emotional map in place, you know where the audience wants to be. um, I'm often then thinking about how am I going to tell the story chronologically? Is it going to be A to B to C or I'm going to start somewhere in the middle and work my way back? A couple other tricks that I think I would use when we don't tell people um, what are, what the characters' names are, we tend to not think of them as very important. Yes. So I would hold back on telling his name for a while. I okay. can't hold back forever because it would feel weird. Yes. You know, but he's got to be like the kid in the back, you know, the kid I go to hamburgers with. Finally, he asks me out. Maybe that's where you drop his name. You're like, you know, you drop the name eventually, but you don't make it sound very important in any way whatsoever. Okay. Let's talk about some opportunities for humor.
0: Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And there's some strategies I would definitely use. Okay. Um, Humor at the top of stories makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Some things I just think are easy to kind of make jokes about. Sometimes just things are situationally funny. The same way you're stuffed into the, you know, you've got five people stuffed into this. I would look for a metaphor, you know, something, something stuffed in something. I would avoid clown car. Mm-hmm. Because that's expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be looking for something, something that gets stuffed into something else that yes. doesn't, you know, that
0: uh, exactly comes to mind. All. Your Tupperware one from your strip club story—that's awesome. Right. Yes. That. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. like
1: putting something in Tupperware containers, popping out the other side. Yeah. So you have to find something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would not work for you though, because yes. like popping out the other side worked for me. Yes, you want I know. Something that's like, like you want to be like the turkey. You know, like the Thanksgiving Day stuffing, like you're jamming the stuffing into the turkey. That's what we're doing with the car, co- you know, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's good. But don't settle on something. Make a yes, list. Make a list. Things. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's an opportunity for humor for sure. I always say that the easiest places to be funny is where there's the most optionality, where mm-hmm. you can make up stuff essentially in your true story. And guessing things or making predictions, you can just say whatever you want. Love it. You know, So making lots of guesses about why he would choose this. You have to describe Mm -hmm. the feeling before you say the feeling. The reason we do that is because the audience always feels amazing when they can guess the thing before we say the thing. Got it. So you describe feelings before you name them in the hopes that the audience can go, I think she's and then you say it, and they go, yes, You know, like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. And then they think they saw it coming the whole time because they put it together when really they didn't. That's funny. (laughs) Yes. I never said it as well as I just did. I'm going to write it down. Describe the feeling before naming the feeling. Okay. Let me just take you through a couple other steps. Yes. One of the steps is what are we going to leave out? I think actually what I've done is I've thrown all that stuff you were going to leave out back in. <laughs> um, yeah, I like your instincts cause your instinct was this stuff isn't really that interesting, but that actually helps your story. You'll want to make sure one of the things that's tricky about a story like this is it's fairly episodic. Um, The audience never wants to feel like they're trapped in a story that's going to go for 15 minutes. And episodic Mm -hmm. stories can sometimes feel that way. So you'll want people to know when you reach the plasma that they're close to the end of the story. One of the ways you can do that is you can make sure the plasma scene is a more fully realized scene. But you'll want to take us through the scene really clearly That'll be a signal to the audience that we've reached the moment we've been waiting for. Something's going to happen in this plasma place. It'll happen right outside, but you know, that's the way we signal that to the audience that we've come close to the end.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. That's good.
1: Yeah. I think both stories are really good examples of the idea of what do I want my audience thinking and how can I get them to think it and strategically what do I want my audience thinking? You know, like how, what kind of misdirection do I want to create in their minds so that they will enjoy the end of the story in the way I want them to enjoy it?
0: Yes, that's good. You know?
1: Yeah, it's all about leaning. It's just leaning things in the direction that you want them to go. Not growing a new tree, which would be a lie, but just leaning that tree. Yeah, wow. that's very good. All right, questions?
0: Um, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have tons when I'm crafting it, but I don't know them now. The theme of the night for the storytelling show is serendipity. So
1: that's good. Yeah, that feels about right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to give away the story a little bit, actually, the theme.
0: Yeah, it might. that's true. It might, yeah. yeah. But
1: I don't think people think about themes very much either. Yeah. Um, I don't think people are in the middle of a story going, How is this serendipity? I just don't think that's the thought they have. If you're telling a good story, People just get lost in your story and they forget about why they're even there. I think that's the truth, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it fits really well. How long do you think the story should be?
0: Hmm. Well, I told everyone else to do five or six minutes, so I was thinking five or six minutes, but I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I always like to think like, how long does my story deserve to be? Mm. You know, because some stories deserve to be you know, 15 minutes long, if they're really complex, I mean, hard to pull off, but doable. Mm -hmm. Um, This story has to carry a lot of time. That's true. You know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, I I would not go 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say somewhere between six and eight minutes. Okay. And the truth is, you can go longer, you can go closer to eight, if you're really funny. (laughs) You don't think you're going to be super funny, you want to be closer to six. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Um, It all depends on how many jokes you can get into the story and how well you can pull off the jokes. But you can craft humor in a story without being a funny person. Yeah. You know, I've taught many people how to, here's the Mm. joke, say the joke, say it the right way. You're still not funny when you're done the story, but you're funny while you're telling the story. That's a Mm -hmm. thing. That's a real thing.
0: Yeah. And your tips, like milk cans and baseballs and then blenders and babies. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Right, I teach a whole work. I teach a whole workshop. Twenty five strategies now on humor. Like I give you a few tonight. You know the yeah contrast and things like that. Like there's a whole bunch of strategies that we can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear them when I hear stories. I hear like, oh, you could have been funny about that. Oh, um, but it, you know, yeah. until you start getting used to where the humor is lying, where it's hiding. Um, you know, it's 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 not that people. It's, I try to explain to people, it's not that I take funny things and push them into the story. It's that I see the story and I see the thing that is just waiting to be made funny. You don't have to insert jokes into your story to be funny. You just have to look for what you think could be funny and then try to exploit it as much as you can.
0: Yeah. And I like how you describe that, like situational humor, because it's so true. Sometimes it's just what's happening.
1: Right. Stripping in the crew room of a McDonald's restaurant is just (laughs) situationally funny. (laughs) <laughs> it's just unavoidably funny. And like, you know, I still punch it up and try to do it in a way to maximize the humor, but it's just going to be funny no matter what. And lots of the stories that we tell are just situationally funny. You know, mm-hmm. you have a little bit of situational humor here that will help you a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's good. When you said elaboration um, I want to make sure, you know, I'm not a fan of adjectives. So I want to mm-hmm. make sure, you know, I'm not talking, when you talk about elaboration, you were looking for stuff to put in, not like how to describe the stuff, I assume.
0: Exactly. Yes. So,
1: yeah. That, right. You yeah. have It's called the curse of knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. You don't know what I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: You can't imagine what I don't know because it's so ingrained within you. Got As it. an elementary school teacher, I think I suffer a little less from it because I instantly have to put myself in a position of everyone's an idiot. No one knows anything because they're all 10. And I kind of take that same approach of storytelling, you know, um but there are times um I discovered in a story I tell the car accident story now I have to explain what a record store is Mm. like 10 years ago when I first told the story I don't but now I have to say a record store which is a physical brick and mortar location where music was once purchased in a plastic or vinyl form which actually makes people laugh so it ends up being good because it's a joke but it's just I recognized as I was telling the story over the years that I was losing people. Like, I was like, these young people don't understand what I mean when I say record store. So, mm. I have to. So, even me, I will suffer sometimes from that curse of knowledge. Um, I also believe that, like, you have to tell the story out loud. I yeah. tell people, if you're telling it in your head, it doesn't count for anything. Yes. You're just, um, you always sound really, really good in your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? um, what I always recommend is once you've recorded it, I listen to it.
0: Yes so that and it then doesn't sound to too practiced get,
1: yeah well i listen to where i get bored oh. i'm like this section whenever i go eh, this section if i think it's boring and it's about my life definitely everyone else will think it's boring that's true so, you know that tells me it's either slow that's why it's boring or it's stakesless like there's nothing to wonder about you know and if it's one of those it's slower it's stakesless then i either have to pick up the pace, increase stakes, or that other trick, which is add humor, right? This is Mm -hmm. a boring part that I have to say. It's boring. So I have to make it funny in some way. But the other thing you can do is as you're practicing your story for a live show, what I do is I listen to my story and I predict either internally, if I'm in a grocery store or out loud in the car, I'll predict what I'm going to say next. like, what's the next transition point? Because the ones that I can't predict when I start to go, oh, where do I go next? That's where I'm going to forget my line on stage. That's where I'm going to forget where to go next on stage. So then I create some mnemonic, you know, I create some like, oh, when I say trash can, it's always going to make me think of swimming pool because I go from the trash can to the swimming pool. That's the next scene that happens. So listening to yourself and predicting what will come next will be really helpful to you, I think.
0: Yes. And speaking out loud has been so helpful, too, in realizing that you can tell it different ways, but still convey the same point because I had never understood what you meant by don't memorize your stories. It was like, to me, I just, it's memorized, but no, you can say it a slightly different way. That way you don't get tripped up when you don't say it exactly the same way and be married to lines and all that stuff. So
1: that's exactly right. I mean, I think you said it just perfectly, which is you don't get tripped up when it doesn't come out exactly the same, as long as it's an approximation of what you needed to say.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: the, the more you tell it the more memorized it will become you know yes. my, my car accident story i've told well over 250 times because i use it in every workshop
0: mm-hmm. and it's
1: pretty memorized there there are moments when i'm like ooh, i gotta i've i messed that up i gotta double back and catch that little bit i forgot but it's pretty memorized you know mm-hmm. but the stories i tell for them off the first time i take the stage to tell a brand new story not memorized at all like not even in the not even close like oftentimes like in the car working with my friend for the first time on the story then I get on stage you know and then when I get down off the stage oftentimes what I said was like was like wow you threw a whole scene in that you didn't say in the car and I'm like I thought of it on the stage like your brain works faster in front of human beings I'm convinced Mm -hmm. you know it's just you're quicker when there's a hundred people staring at you for some reason you work more efficiently
0: yeah. And that, so that's the hard thing, too, about practicing in the car with yourself is I sound I feel like I sound different when I'm just talking to myself, whereas even just talking to you on the screen, I feel like I was able to sound more natural, which is reassuring to me, too, that when I do tell it on a stage, it will sound more natural because in a car, I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound like this sounds too formulaic. I don't know. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I went to the moth once in New York with um a friend and his cousin and the cousin, a woman, she said, tell us the story. So I told her the story in the car and then we got to the moth and I performed and I won. And when we got back to the car, she said, you were terrible in the car. I said, I was on the West side highway. Everyone's terrible in the car. I wasn't performing it. I was just saying the words, you know, I wasn't like bringing it to life. So everyone is terrible in the car.
0: That's good to know. I like how you said that you're just saying the words, you're not performing.
1: Right. Yeah. It's hard to perform without an audience. It really is. You know, it's really hard to bring life to something. I think that really the best storytellers of the world are the people who can relive the experience in a way while they tell the story, not Mm -hmm. act it out, but just some people can't see it in their mind. So the fact that you can see it already is great. Um, But then the next level is I can see it and I can kind of put myself mentally back in that space and recreate that scene emotionally for the audience's benefit
0: yeah
1: you know so it would be interesting to see if that's a thing that you're going to be able to do or something you're going to have to work on mm-hmm. so you'll have to find a story where you actually have an emotion not that you don't have an emotion right. here but yes. you know um if you can't access the emotions that's fine I have tricks I can teach you someday on how to get closer to those emotions where you can access them
0: mm-hmm. and then I
1: can teach you how to control them so that you don't get snot bubbly yes. when you're telling the story you know yes but boy, that's a story.
0: I know. Crazy.
1: I'm sorry. I mean, I know. you know, my phrase bad for you. Good for the story. <laughs> yes. You know, like um, really bad for you, but really good for a story.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I love hosting events and I just love people. And eventually I want to host, have my own event center. So then I can just have it whenever I want for storytelling shows or parties or everything like that. So, Yeah
1: wow that's a that's ambitious i want my own event center i've never had anyone say that to me before (laughs) there you go wow that's great will you let me know how it goes yes Mm -hmm. i'd love to hear how it goes yeah okay when is it again when's the show
0: november 11th veterans day
1: okay all right so you got a little bit of time yep all right well when it happens let me know you'll break a leg and you'll be amazing i'm sure
0: (laughs) sounds good and this won't be the last you see of me i hope to meet you in person really soon so
1: yes that would be great you're in you are you in yeah utah? utah yep i was teaching the kids about utah today
0: <laughs> there you go literally
1: today it came up in the news someone said what's a utah and i said <gasps> it's not a utah it's utah let's talk about it so i gave That's them awesome. a lot of history on utah yeah it was great
0: cool okay right. thank ahead. you have a good night
1: all right see you soon <laughs> bye bye
0: If you'd like to pitch your story for the podcast, or if you want more storytelling strategies, contact me at jenbanks16 at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at jenbankscoaching.